Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Love, Joy, and Languages, a podcast about loving languages and finding joy in learning them. I'm your host, Heidi Lovejoy, and thank you, as always, for being here and taking time to listen. If you haven't already, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to it to help me reach more listeners and let me know how you're enjoying the show. So last episode, I talked about all or nothing thinking, how it most often leads to getting nothing done, even with the things I want to do, like language learning. And I talked about what I started doing in my daily life with regular chores and activities in order to start shifting my mindset. For me, all or nothing thinking is heavily linked to perfectionism and a deep-rooted fear of failing or making mistakes. Not doing everything I set out to do, not completing it or doing it in full, feels like failure, which in my mind often translates to having done or accomplished nothing. If I'm not doing it all, I'm doing nothing. Or if I can't do it all, if I can't complete something in a certain amount of time that I've determined because of energy or desire or other things, life getting in the way, then I tend to do nothing with that task. Working to change my mentality and how I view completion of tasks versus progression of them has really helped to start build a more gradual, sustainable, and mentally healthy language journey. But there are still many other tendencies, especially those stemming from perfectionism, that hold me back as a language learner. And one that really bothers me, that I'm really struggling with right now, is avoidance. A common thing I hear among language learners is that many of us tend to avoid speaking our target languages, especially with native speakers, especially in the beginning, because we don't want to make mistakes or look stupid or forget words. We stumble over our tongues with things that we know, and it can be embarrassing and really demotivating. So we avoid speaking, waiting until we feel like we have a better grasp of the language. Something else I tend to avoid, even though I really, really want to do it, is reading books in Italian or German. Not so much with other sources of reading, but definitely with books. When I reflect on why this is, why I avoid reading books in my target languages, several things come to mind. First, deep down, I really want to avoid anything that I don't understand, where it makes me feel less intelligent or less accomplished in my language learning, Even though with reading there's no one else there to judge my lack of understanding or mispronunciation, it still feels vulnerable to attempt something and not be able to do it at the level I want to or wish I could. Another reason I think I avoid this is that books are long and time-consuming. I read books in my native language daily, and it doesn't bother me that it takes me a week or more to finish one, but in Italian or German, my progress is even slower. In English, I enjoy reading for an hour or more at a time. In Italian and German, half an hour is about my max before my brain starts to just get muddled and I can even get a headache sometimes. And while that's normal and doesn't imply that I'm not good at it or anything, it still comes with these feelings of struggle and I tend to avoid things that lead to that. Every now and then, I actually set my mind to reading a book. I have it picked out. I sit it on my desk where I do most of my reading. I choose my bookmark to use. Maybe I even open it up and read a page or two. But then the next day, or maybe the next, it starts to feel like a chore. Not understanding everything 100% and feeling vulnerable makes it less fun. But now that I've told myself I'm going to do it, and I have it on my to-do list, it feels like something I have to do. And then I avoid it even more, and then guilt starts to really creep in. Maybe I put more effort into other language learning tasks that I'm better at in order to counteract the mistakes that I make in reading. But I put those language tasks before reading, avoiding it further. And the longer I avoid it, the harder it is to get started back up. Then the guilt gets stronger as I refresh my to-do list every day and reading this book continues on, not checked off. 
I start thinking in should statements, which I talked about in episode three. I should read this book. I should just read a page. I should stop avoiding it. But these statements, though masked as somewhat positive, forward-moving thoughts, only feed the guilt and the shame for not having already done the thing. When I do pick up the book again, I find myself paying even more attention to the things I don't understand or to words I recognize but can't recall quickly. It's like my brain is telling me, you see, look at all those things you don't know. This is why you're avoiding it. You should have listened to me. So you can see this downward mental spiral avoidance can bring. In addition to me simply not doing the language learning activities that will help me improve my vocabulary, grammar, and understanding, I've now piled on guilt disappointment, negative self-talk, and maybe even some pessimistic feelings about reading, which is something I usually enjoy. Now, avoidance isn't always as obvious or dramatic as this example is. There are language learning apps that I really enjoy and get a lot out of. One called Speakly comes to mind right now, which I use mostly for German. With Speakly, I love the presentation of the language and the content, the variety of input and output activities, The vocabulary and grammar are very useful to using the language in day-to-day life. It's really, really helped my transition from studying basic German to moving to the country and being able to get around with some comfort. Even though I have only positive things to say about this app and its practicality, I often find myself avoiding it. And my reasons for avoiding it can be a little bit hard to pinpoint. It's definitely not out of a desire to avoid making mistakes, because I make a ton of mistakes with the app, but the design of this app is brilliant here. Mistakes aren't counted against you in any way. You don't lose hearts or lives or anything like that. It gives you a chance to fix the mistakes and brings the content back over and over for your review, so it just feels natural and right. So the Speakly app really helps me appreciate what I learned from my mistakes instead of getting stuck on them. Interestingly also, I found this app more recently after having begun the work to shift my mindset away from mistakes being bad. So Speakly itself came into my life at a time when I could see and appreciate mistakes as learning opportunities. So this app in particular isn't historically tied to the past me who equated mistakes with all sorts of negativity. And I think there's something in that psychology there that's led me to having a better outlook on my mistakes with this app. So if I'm not avoiding it because of mistakes, what else could it be? On the one hand, there's definitely some all-or-nothing thinking tied to it. Within the app, I set a goal of learning 10 new words a day, but it doesn't just present 10 new words every day and that's it. It also reviews old ones, all within context, which I really like, but the result is that it takes a bit more time to reach that 10-word goal. It could be up to 20 or 30 minutes of use before I've reached that 10-word goal. So I think I often avoid it because of this tugging inside of me that tells me I just don't have enough time. I'll do it when I have more time. I mentally plan to do it later in the day, but then I don't get to it. Something else that's easier or less time-consuming fills those later spots in my day. Since beginning the preparations for this episode of my podcast, I have adjusted my goal to five new words a day to see if this helps me avoid it less. So hopefully in a week or two, I'll have a better idea of if this is effective or not. And that'll tell me if it's really this all-or-nothing time-consuming thinking. In addition to this, though, I think there's something much deeper at play here. And not just with this app, but with a lot of the language learning things I tend to avoid. And bear with me here, because this is all just kind of starting to surface as I talk it out. But what's coming to me is the lies that I told myself about myself as a language learner for years. I'm too old. I didn't learn a language as a kid, so it's too hard. I need serious immersion. I'm not the kind of person who can learn a language. I don't have the right kind of brain for it. And what do these have to do with avoiding language learning? Well, if somewhere inside of me, 
inside my unconscious thought, at my core, I still have these beliefs. I still question if I really can do this thing, if I really can learn these languages. Then perhaps my tendency to avoid language learning activities that I enjoy and see progress with is in part my brain trying to protect me from what it thinks is eventual failure or from facing the, quote, fact that I really can't do it. But at the same time, this creates a self-fulfilling prophecy. It reminds me of the quote by Henry Ford, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. When I'm in a healthy state of mind and I tell myself I can do this, I can learn and speak these languages, then I see my progress, I feel good about it, I do more language learning things to further see that progress and to feel even better. But when I start to doubt myself, start to question my progress, I feel like an imposter, in essence, believing the lies that I can't do it, that I can't read in Italian or speak German, then I start to avoid it, resulting in slower progress and more negative feelings. And those lies, those myths become a bit believable again. So whether I believe I can do it or I believe I can't do it, that ends up being the reality, right? So where can I go from here? What can I do or what can all of us do as language learners when we realize that we're avoiding good, useful language learning tasks that deep down we want to do but are for some reason hesitant to start? Especially if that hesitation is coming from some core belief that we can't do it, aren't good enough to do it, or are too old or whatever. And I want to make a distinction here between two types of avoidance that I've noticed. Like I said, I think we all have something we avoid when it comes to language learning, and some of those things aren't really problematic. There's overlap here between the things we think we should be doing but are avoiding and the things we legitimately want to do and are avoiding. This is the distinction between, say, avoiding doing flashcards because they're boring and avoiding a language exchange partner who's invited us to do a video chat because we're afraid or nervous about our performance. If you're avoiding a language learning activity, app, or resource because you simply aren't interested in it, don't want to do it, don't find value in it, then I think that's fine. Keep avoiding it if it doesn't work for your language preferences, your time, your desires. This is why tackling those thoughts about what we should be doing is so important. It helps parse out what we want and enjoy from what works for other people or from what language education society kind of says we should do. So the avoidance I'm really focusing in on today is with those things that we do enjoy, we do want to do, and we do find valuable, yet we just can't bring ourselves to face them. And I have a few ideas, but this isn't an area I'm really experienced in yet, not so much as I am with the tackling the should statements or the all or nothing thinking. It isn't easy to just tell myself to jump right in, forget about mistakes, they're good for you, or just go for it because the results will be worth it. Those things don't work for me here. This is something that, for me, requires much more intent. So I'm thinking through things that have worked for me in the past when I become very aware that I'm avoiding something. And again, this is effective for me with things that I want to do, not so much for things that I feel I should be doing but don't enjoy. So naturally, the first step to confronting the things we're avoiding is to be honest about them. If you're like me, you don't even really have to think about it because this avoided activity, reading a book or speaking or whatever, is on your mind, perhaps on your to-do list all the time. So you know the avoidance is there. You're very aware of it. But if you're like me, you need to allow yourself to go deeper than that surface level awareness. It's like superficially, I can say, yeah, I haven't read that book that's been sitting on my desk for two months. I haven't had time. I'll get to it next week. I just need to get through all the other stuff I have going on right now, get some other things off my plate. 
And if those things are true, if you know you truly haven't had time and that you have a genuine intent to start the book next week, then you can skip ahead because you're already being honest with yourself. But I find most often for me that these things aren't completely true. It's not quite true that I haven't had time. It's more that I haven't made time for this. I've had lots of time to scroll social media, read books in English, do other language learning things. If I'm really honest with myself, I could have made time to start the book. I've really just been avoiding it. So I'm wondering, how many of you find yourselves doing the same thing? Do you, like me, have a serious tendency toward avoiding certain things that you really want to do but just can't seem to get started? Maybe there's just one single thing that never seems to make it off your to-do list. Perhaps you have an incredible language learning routine, but you want to add something to it and you can't quite figure out how, so it sits on the back burner for weeks on end. Whatever your case, I have an idea, a challenge, that I want to invite you to do with me. Now, like I said, avoidance is really something I struggle with the most. It's so difficult for me to work toward overcoming it, no matter how much I enjoy or value the thing I'm avoiding. So I have this book in Italian, Storia di un cane che insegnò a un bambino la fedeltà by Luis Sepulveda. I really enjoy this author's books. I know it's an appropriate reading level for me, but I've sat this book out on my desk where I do most of my reading probably five times now. I sit it out with a bookmark. I tell myself I'm going to get started. Maybe I even read a page one day, but then that's it. Something stops me. My excuses get in the way. I don't make it a priority. Eventually, I put it back on the shelf to avoid feelings of guilt and disappointment in myself for not having read it. Seriously, I've done this probably about five times by now with this specific book. And I finally decided that I'm going to do it. I'm acknowledging this as something I've been avoiding. And I know it's mostly because I'll only understand about 80 to 90% of what I read. I'll read it slower than I do books in my native language. And I don't want to face the feelings of not being good enough, of insecurity and struggle that can come from me reading in Italian. But at the same time, I love the other books I've read in Italian from Luis Sepulveda. I thoroughly enjoy the stories. I always feel so proud of myself once I've done it. So it's time for me to face the avoidance. And that's what I want to invite you to do with me. Many of you have probably already seen me post and talk about this on Instagram, but if you haven't, then listen up. Saturday and Sunday, April 9th and 10th, 2022, I am hosting a Face the Avoidance Challenge. The goal of this challenge is to dedicate time and space for purposefully facing the things we tend to avoid in language learning, especially things we actually really want to do, like reading this book for me. Maybe you've bought an intermediate Greek book and you're hesitant to jump into it from your comfortable beginner spot. Or you really want to watch TV in Turkish, but every time you turn on Netflix, you gravitate toward English instead. Perhaps you've been studying Polish for several months now, but you know you've been avoiding speaking. You're nervous to try pronouncing things in front of native speaker. Whatever it is, whatever activity or language or level, come face this thing with me. More details about this challenge will be available on my blog, lovejoyandlanguages.com, and also on my Instagram account, love.joyandlanguages. But here's what you need to know about it. First, this challenge is completely free. I literally just want to purposefully devote time to facing the things I've been avoiding, and I want to bring you all along to do the same for yourselves. Community always makes things easier and more fun for me, so I want to share it, and it's all free. Starting tomorrow, the 29th of March, I'm going to open up registration for the challenge on my website, lovejoyandlanguages.com. Registration is completely optional, but with it, you'll have access to a mini workbook I've created that will help guide you to identifying and choosing an activity to face, and also to plan, 
execute, and reflect on your experience facing it. And again, that part is optional and free. If you register, you won't get any emails or promotional anything from me. It's just the most efficient way for me to provide the workbook to those who are interested. So what will this challenge look like on April 9th and 10th? Publicly, everyone taking this on can use the hashtag FaceTheAvoidance on Instagram and Twitter. Tag me if you want or tag a friend doing the challenge with you. Send me a direct message if you're doing it but don't want to make it public. That's fine. I'm going to be there providing all the motivation and encouragement I can give. And as a community, I know you'll all do the same for each other. But privately, everyone's challenge experience will be unique, of course. So pick a language learning activity or activities that you've been avoiding. It can be as big or as small as you need, whether it's dedicating time to a new language app you've downloaded or checking out the new Hindi course you saw on Instagram or having a 30-minute conversation in Korean. Anything at all that you know you've been avoiding, choose it and commit yourself to it. Once you know for sure what you're going to face, pick one of these days, Saturday or Sunday, or a completely different day if that works best for you, but pick a day for facing the thing you've been avoiding. Now, I don't want anyone to feel like if they don't do it on Saturday, then it's ruined and they might as well forget about doing it on Sunday. Or if you can't do it that particular weekend, then you can't pick another time that works for you. That's one of the reasons I created the mini workbook though. So anyone who registers can do this with guidance at any time that works for you. But this weekend is there to dedicate that time to facing this thing together in an online community environment through the hashtag and support from each other. So pick a day and then pick a time for facing the thing you've been avoiding. Maybe you can commit to doing it first thing in the morning with your coffee or during the kid's nap time. If you can be more specific, even better. Commit to doing it at 9 a.m. or 2 in the afternoon. Whichever makes the most sense to you, pick a day and a time for getting this thing done. Then I want you to take action on this plan. Do something or several things that will help you actually do it. Basically, we want to remove all the barriers to facing this thing, okay? So take action on the win. Set an alarm on your phone. Ask a friend to call you to ask if you've done it. Write it in your daily planner with details so you can feel even more accomplished marking it off. Post on social media using the hashtag FaceTheAvoidance to share your plan if that will help keep you accountable as well. Also, take action on the what. You want to face speaking, so schedule an italki lesson. You've been avoiding listening to a podcast in your target language. Get it downloaded on your phone and set your headphones next to your walking shoes so you'll be ready to listen to it on your morning walk. Maybe you need to manage other distractions first, so you could get a babysitter for a couple hours to free up your attention. You can clean your study space Friday before bed or finish the book you're reading in your native language to make sure your reading time is available for your target language. Get creative and think about all the things you can do to make the actual facing of the avoidance low stress, comfortable, and easier to dig into. The more detailed you are in your plan, the better, because this is really where the work happens in the planning. With a clear and detailed plan, dedicated time and space, and having things ready, we leave no room for excuses or even thinking about excuses. The only thing left to do is the thing, face the avoidance. Another thing you can do as part of this challenge, and I've included it as part of the mini workbook, is to notice and document what you're thinking and feeling before, during, and after the challenge. For one day or one weekend, we're facing something we've been avoiding, right? Something we find value in, something that helps improve our language learning, something that gives us real practice in the language. But what then? How can we turn this into something sustainable? Is it going to be enough for me to start reading my book this weekend? I don't know. 
but if I take the time to consider how I feel about reading it before, during, and after, I'm much more likely to keep going back to it, to keep making it part of my week or weeks after the challenge. Or maybe I don't actually feel good about it in the end. Maybe I discover that this activity isn't really worth my time compared to others that I enjoy more. That's also useful though, because now I can set it aside with purpose, stop thinking about the fact that I'm avoiding it or why I'm avoiding it or anything else. I can set it aside guilt-free and free up that mental space it had been taking up in my head. Whatever the outcome, it's so much easier to analyze and move forward with or without this activity if we take note of our thoughts about it along the way. So that's the Face the Avoidance Challenge. April 9th and 10th, free and optional registration opens tomorrow, March 29th. So grab your mini workbook and start planning what and how you're going to face the language learning activity or activities that you've been avoiding. Share your plan and experience on Instagram, Twitter, blog about it, podcast about it. Share it with a friend or exchange partner. Gather that community that's going to help you face this thing. I am really, really excited for this challenge. It's my first time creating anything like this, and I really hope you join me in it, whether publicly or privately. It's going to be great. It's going to be useful, and I'm so thankful that I have this community to bring into this with me because accountability and community support really make a difference when doing the hard things. That is all I have for this week. I have something really exciting for the next episode of Love, Joy, and Languages. I'm inviting my first ever guest to the show. Join me next week for an interview with the incredible and fascinating Marjolaine Bensop of the Language Community, an online environment for language learners. We'll be talking about navigating life and language learning as a multi-passionate person, the challenges of having many interests and how to make the most of all your passions, all your language desires, and stay focused on things that matter to you. I am really, really excited to have her on as a guest, and I hope you all get something out of it too. Thank you again for being here with me this week. I hope to see you on Instagram and Twitter at the Face the Avoidance Challenge. If you have any questions, reach out to me. I'm happy to answer anything you have and be there to help support you. So until next time, ciao.